Welcome to the Real-Time Storytime by Robert R. Ricks. We will get this thing started pretty soon. What I need for you guys right now is just to hold tight. We need to allow people to show up because this show is nothing without the viewers. You see, I require keywords or phrases that you will give me and I will craft a story based off these keywords. I have about two and a half minutes to create the story and then after I create the story, I have to see if I got all of the keywords in, at least 10 of them. We try to have at least 10 to 14 keywords, and I attempt to get all of them in, but if I can get at least 10, it's a good day. Now, I know you guys are going to have some really crazy ones. Now, I do need to warn any new viewers. The existing crew that comes here on a regular basis are filthy, nasty motherfuckers with foul language. Language is going to be a problem. You might want to check out now because these stories, nine times out of ten, are extremely vulgar, sometimes violent, oftentimes very weird, sometimes funny. Alright, we'll get this thing started pretty soon. Hey, what's up? It is that time. It is January 12th, 2020. It is the real-time story time. This is Robert R. Ricks. I will be your host for this evening. This is Season 3 of the Robert R. Ricks YouTube show. Season 2 of the real-time story time. So we're going to be getting some keywords and stuff like that pretty quick here. Um, we do this every Sunday. 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And uh, 
for you folks that listen to this on the podcast, this starts off on YouTube. And once it's done, everything is transcribed and put into audio format and put up on uh, Anchor.fm and you can find it on Spotify, etc. Usually by the end of the evening, it's up and about. Uh, You can always find out the latest and greatest on the realtimestorytime.com and also you can always see the latest and greatest uh, swaggity swag that we have supporting the channel on tacticalgeek.com. All right, so uh, looks like we've got the Bronx Jackalope, we got Garen Crocogator, and we got Paula Luckylope. So we've only got three folks on uh, that I've seen chats from thus far. So if worse comes to worse, guys, you might have to do triple duty. I don't know. We'll see. But without further ado, what we're going to do is I'm going to um, I'm going to say, please give me your keywords now. Please and I submit your words now. And I know um I know uh backwards was kind of out of it yesterday, so I don't think he's going to be doing his famous drive-by, you know, dropping off words. But, you know, we never never can tell. If worse comes to worse, I have uh, some words that I can jump in and throw on as well. But I'm going to go ahead and start jotting stuff if you folks will start throwing some stuff out. Let's see here. We got 1, 12, 20, 20. We are in the roaring 20s now, if you can believe that. So we've got four right now. And you know what? I'm just going to start grabbing some of my own. Oh, how funny is that? Uh, Political Nurkies. I don't know what a Nurki is. So if you want to enlighten me. Political Nurkies. Ventriloquist. That's interesting. Beanie Babies. Bloody Head. Broken Heart. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. You guys want to throw we got five right now Garen if you could let me know what a nurky is <laughs> let's see remember on happy days a nerd and a turkey ah a nurky okay so it's a combination of a nerd and a turkey okay okay I'm gonna throw in the word honor So we have six, throw about, uh, each one of you throw in at least one more, and then I can go ahead and I will find, uh, let's see, let's see, I will do, uh, darkness, this is for me. 
just for me. We have a light crew today here. Um, depth thrust or deep thrust? Oh, deep thrust. Okay, deep thrust. Just need two more guys, and then we we can get this thing going. So Bronx throws another one. Apollo throws another one. I think we'll be fine. Political Nurkies. Okay. Nurkies. That's a nerd and a turkey. Nerd plus turkey. Guinness Book of World Records. Okie dokie. Guinness Book of World Records. World Records. Jeff Gordon. Who's Jeff Gordon? I probably should know that, but I don't know who that is. So if you want to... Uh, Jeff Gordon. Oh, Jack Daniels. Thank you. Jack Daniels. All right. Jack Daniels. All right, let me look up who uh, Jeff Gordon is real quick. Let me just peek and see. Who is Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon is... Oh, he's a race car driver. American former professional stock car racing driver, currently an announcer for Fox NASCAR, top executive for Hendrick Motorsports. Oh, he was born uh, right around the same as me. He was born August 4th, 1971. I was born August 29th, 1971. And uh, from Vallejo, California. Huh, okay. All right. Race car driver. Okie dokie. All right, I think I got enough now. So the words we got is political, political nurgies, uh, ventriloquist, beanie babies, bloody head, broken heart, honor, darkness, deep thrust, Guinness Book of World Records, Jeff Gordon, and Jack Daniels. Okay, that's what we got. Let's go ahead and get some music started here, and let's, and we'll go with uh, maybe this one. See how this is. Alright. So now I gotta figure out something here. I gotta figure out some kind of a story. Political nurkies, ventriloquist, mini babies, bloody head, broken heart, honor, darkness, deep thrust, Guinness Book of World Records, Jeff Gordon, Jack Daniels.
All right. I think I've got it figured out. Okay. So let's go back here. Let's go in here. We can turn this off. Now, every time I use a keyword, folks that are watching, you'll see this used. And then every time, um, if you're listening to the podcast, you're just going to have to remember political, nurkies, ventriloquist, beanie babies, bloody head, broken heart, honor, darkness, deep thrust, Guinness Book of World Records, Jeff Gordon, and Jack Daniels. Okay. Have it written down my notes here. And then we're going to go ahead and get her started. This is episode number two for the year. Episode, episode number two. All right. Let's go ahead and we will put that there. Don't need the headsets anymore. I can put those right over there. Take a sip real quick. And <clears throat> let's get it started. It was my routine always the same? It would get late. The bar would empty out. I would drink what was left in my glass. I would stumble home and then I would pass out. And the next day would be rinse and repeat. Today felt different though. I don't know why, but it did. Maybe it was because the bar was emptier than normal. The bartender seemed a little on edge. Not quite sure why, but he kept looking up at the door as if he was expecting somebody. That put me on edge, but it would not stop me and my Jack Daniels from hanging out. I took position at the far end of the bar to give myself a better vantage point in case some yucko came through talking shit doing something crazy. I reached in my jacket. It was always the same heavy piece of metal sitting there, anxious, wanting to bark out some form of pain, retribution, justice, something. But it had been a long time since I had to pull my piece. A long time. The bartender walked over to me, put two shot glasses in front of me. I looked up at him inquisitively. Hey, what's this? Those guys down there bought it for you. I looked down at the end of the bar. Two guys were there, big, beefy, strong. They had not been there. Huh. I took the shot glasses, tossed them back, let the warm liquid burn its way down my chest, smiled. I nodded at each, raised the glass, quasi-salute, and waited 
for what I knew was inevitable. They got up, walked. I had taken the last seat. So one sat, one stood behind him, both staring intently at me. Appreciate the drinks, fellas. Do I know you? They both shook their head in unison. No, you do not know us, said one. The other just stared. Fine. The one spoke for both of them, I suppose. Well, your drink at least buys you five minutes. I suppose you're here to ask me something or request something from me. The one who sat across from me shook his head softly. Actually, we don't want anything from you, but we are curious if indeed you are the one known as Melvin. Cocked an eyebrow. I hadn't told anybody my real name in a long, long time. Yeah, that's my name. Most people don't ever refer to me as that. What's your name? The one who was sitting across from me tilted his head showed me a scar that ran along from the top of his head down around his eye, chased his cheekbone, went down under his chin, went down his neck, disappeared into his shirt. <clears throat> ah, let me guess. Scar. He nodded. That is correct. My name is Scar. And your friend? You can refer to me as Mim. I had been staring at him. His mouth had moved. I smiled softly. Nice trick. What are you, some kind of ventriloquist? He shook his head. No, I don't need to speak. That's when I realized his voice wasn't being heard. It was in my head. Huh. Psychic. Interesting. I hadn't seen one of you since... Yes, since the fall. All right, well... Scar, Mim, you've got my attention. What's up? Have you seen this girl? A picture was displayed in front of me. I glanced down. I recognized her immediately. I felt an ache in my chest. Images, blood, images of screaming, the blood. The one image that haunted my dreams and mind late at night was the scene of immaculately arranged beanie babies dripping, splattered with her blood. I looked up. Anger welled in me. What the shit is this? I asked. That's old. That's real old. Who wants to dig up that grave and start some shit? The man held his hand up. 
No. I did not mean to aggravate you. I just had to be sure that this was the one. I calmed down, realizing that my hand had found its way. I was holding my pistol, firm, finger, played on a trigger. Playing a really bad game, friend. Real bad. That is not my intent. My intent was to find out if that was indeed the event that broke you. I looked up at him, sipped my drink, nodded. If you really do need to know, I suppose you could say that was the end. So every night, you come in here, you drink, what, 15, 16 of those? I looked at my drink, shrugged. I don't keep count. Larry keeps them coming. I pay the bill. I go home. Ask him. I'm sure he keeps records. And then you go home and you drift off into the darkness. Sometimes. Not always. What if we told you there was a way to be rid of that which broke you? I looked at Meme, thought about it, and that's what your psychic friend there does? Some kind of brain operation? No, it's more complicated than that. Mm. Yeah, well, who the fuck sent you is what I'd like to know. Was it one of those political nerkies wanting to get me back in the game? No. Nobody has sent us. We just sensed, and we go where we are needed. Really? And you think that I need your services? It depends. Some people take events like that, hold on to it, and use it when they need to. Others are consumed by it. It depends. Depends on what? Depends how bad the pain is. Some things, for example, like a broken heart, can be recovered from. Others, depending on the person's mental state and the condition they find themselves in after atrocious events, are utterly broken. We are still trying to determine where you are, but Make no mistake, we felt your pain. Hmm, you felt my pain, huh? Again, I traced my hand on my pistol. Decided, fuck it. I pulled it out, laid it on the table. They didn't seem shocked. They didn't seem afraid. They just looked at it, marveled at it. Is that the one? He said. Yeah, that's it. She's been with me since the beginning. Over 1500. Really? That is impressive. 
Yeah, if you say so. Tell you what's more impressive. I motioned for the bartender. He brought the bottle over. He knew the gesture. What's really impressive is the fact that I've been coming in here every fucking day for the last five years. And I think I have probably had maybe two of these bottles a night. I don't know about you fellas, but in my mind, that shit's got to be worthy of the Guinness Book of World Records. Yes, I suppose it would, or it would warrant a visit to the emergency department of the nearest hospital to probably check the condition of your liver. Nah, I don't have to worry about that shit. I'm solid. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm kind of hard to kill. That's why people like to use me. They put me in really bad situations. Yes, I have heard legends of you. Which is why we were so intrigued when we felt your pain. Why we felt so compulsively driven to find you. And you were not easy to find. Even though you come here, you don't leave a trail. Mm, yeah, that's true. I glanced up on the TV. There was a commentator up there talking about some meaningless shit. I tried to look away from them. There was something in Mim's eyes that were bothering me. He was staring at me. He was studying me. He was reading me. He was going through everything I had ever done. I realized the questions were meant to evoke conscious thought and subconscious dwelling on certain things. All was designed to allow Mim access to those most private of thoughts. I looked up and realized I had recognized the announcer. It was a former racer, Jeff Gordon. I tried to focus on the driving, the races, the laps, over and over in my mind. And I looked at Mem. I made eye contact, and he simply smiled and nodded. He understood what I was doing. I didn't give you permission to go rooting around inside of my head, boy, I said with a warning. He nodded. So, will you allow us to help you? Meh. What's the cost? Well, my friend here, he eats those. It is his form of nourishment. And I... I also require sustenance. And by the look of it, I could feel you have in abundance the thing that I consume as well. Mm. Look, I don't do kinky shit. I do appreciate the drinks, and I do appreciate some loose conversation. But I need to know, what does this mean? Well, I'll be blunt. 
I am a collector. I collect scars. I see that. Those yours? No, these are not mine. In fact, I do not have a single scar of my own anywhere on my body. Hmm, judging by that one right there. You got more? Yes, I have 765 scars on my body. Fuck, maybe I should call Guinness for you. No need. And your friend? Mim requires pain, suffering, misery. But there is a side effect. When he consumes these things, you will have holes in your memories. You will not recall things. But he will only take what you give him. Let me get this straight. You take the scars. He takes the memory and the pain. And that's it? Nothing else? Oh. No. There is something else. You see, when we come across people like you, you become part of our chain. What that means is we will keep in touch with you from time to time because it has been our experience through the years that people such as yourself become a vast smorgasbord, if you will, of food, of sustenance. You can't change what you are. Inside, you are still the same person. You would still be doing the same things except for the event that broke you. If that event was gone and you no longer could recall it, then you would go back to your previous life, thereby gaining new scars and new memories to which we would visit from time to time to relieve you of those things, to keep you doing what you do best. Uh, seems to me like somebody outside of this three, me, you, and him, may be pulling some strings here. No. No, no. I assure you, no such things are occurring. We simply wish to find and maintain a relationship with people who can nourish us. So you're like those fish that swim with the sharks, eating off of the shark, not hurting the shark or anything, but just kind of there. Or like the bird that eats shit out of the alligator's mouths. He thought about that, nodded. Yes, it is a symbiotic relationship, and it is beneficial to both parties, we think. So what's involved with it? You will have to relive some of the experience, and that will be very acute, but at the end of it, you will not recall any of it. Hmm. That could also be dangerous for you guys. What if I don't remember you? Oh no, you will never, ever be able to forget us. In fact, we will be imprinted to you. Hmm, that doesn't sound good. It's, it's nothing. It is more like when you are in great pain again, we will feel it. We will know, and we will come. Hmm, 
How did you, uh, come by your abilities? That is a very long story. One that we do not have enough time to go with. But we do need to know from you. Is this acceptable? Hmm. Where are we going to do it? Right here? Yes. Hmm. Is there any risk to the bystanders? There could be. We would recommend you, at the very least, unload that gun. You could still keep it, and you should be able to dispatch us even without the bullets if you so need, because we know you do carry a few blades with you. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Fine. That is acceptable. But I need something from you first. I expected you would. I need you to shake my hand and give me a word of honor that this is exactly as you say it is. That is acceptable. He extended his hand. I took it, noted they were smooth, no calluses, but I did feel bumps, ridges, and I noted as I gripped his hand that his hands, the palms of his hands, were also deeply scarred. In fact, the more I studied the man, the more I noticed he had lots of scars. But the big scar that ran down his face that was so deep, so pronounced, was the one that stood out the most. He gripped my hand and shook it firm. It was a good handshake. Word of honor. Good enough for me. What happens now? You take one more drink, and it begins. Yeah. Okay. I took a big swallow of my drink. Enjoyed it. The flavor. And then, suddenly, I was standing in a room. Oh, no. Wow. They said I would relive this. I didn't think it would be this real. I could taste, I could taste the taste in my mouth, the acidity, the, the taste of vomit. Oh, I knew what was coming. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to do it. But there I was, creeping, hunting, looking for my target. There he was, sitting by his office leaning back in his chair, smug smile on his face. He was a very, very bad man. He had been responsible for trafficking thousands of young women and children. When I found out he was the target, I was excited. The bloodlust in me was that of a great white shark filled in water with blood everywhere. I savored the idea of killing the man. I had the gun out. I decided to be safe. I waited. He came in, walked into another room. His back was to me. That's when I took position 
fired a single shot. Bullet hit him at the base of his skull. Shattered his spine. He was dead before he hit the ground. But as he fell, I had fired one more shot. It went through. And then there was a secondary gasp. Something I had not anticipated. Something that instantly I knew was wrong. I had ran into the next room. My eye scanning. I wondered why the intel I had had not described this room. This room had been empty. But yet, there it was. Beanie Babies. Hundreds of them. All along the wall on shelves. There was one that caught my eye. It was a praying bear with wings. Some kind of an angelic bear. Blood splattered up creating a distinct pattern on its surface. I didn't want to look down. But there it was, my eyes, slowly looking to the ground. Past a man's bloody head, there was a small shape, beautiful child, laying there, gasping sucking air, gurgling, whimpering. The hole in her was massive. I knew there was no way she would survive. There was nothing I could do. I had assessed it in half a second. Part of me screamed out, Save her! Save her! You can save her! The other part of me, the colder part of me, put another in her inner misery now. Don't let her suffer. There I was, tormented. What to do? I knew, hoped, no one else was in the house. Hell, she wasn't supposed to be there. None of the intel had said anything about a fucking child. I raised my gun, made eye contact with her. She stared at me. No hatred, no malice, just pain. Confusion, fear, sadness. My heart, my heart was shattered. I felt so sad, the weight of it, more than I could handle. I shot once, ended her life, thought about it, sighed. Secondary objective was Go into the study, get the laptop, get out of there. I walked in, grabbed it, walked out, glanced again, target was down, and the unknown, what was so beautiful, so innocent, completely, utterly destroyed. I shook, shuddered. And the world came back to me. Scar and Mim were there. They both were crying. It was odd. Their tears ran down their face. On Scar's, the tears that ran down, they fell into the channels of that one Scar. And I was mesmerized by it. And I looked at them. 
curious. Why so sad, Bellas? I asked, suddenly feeling a heavy weight lifted from me that I could not understand what it was. Scar nodded. It is done, he said. What's that? The uh, experience that we talked about, that we shook and made a deal about. I knew he spoke the truth, yet I could not for the life of me recall what the deal was. What was it they were supposed to take from me? Huh. Okay. He looked back at Mim. I knew their names, and I knew they were providing some service for me. And I knew Mim's service was done. Hmm. And then I looked at Scar. Scar looked at me, starting at the top of my head, going down to my knees, and then he stopped at my right thigh. Ah, that one is where we will begin on mine, he said. Oh, shit. I knew somehow Scar was going to remove Scars from me, although I couldn't understand why he would want to do that. There is a side effect of this that most people are very happy to experience and others others feel like is a part of them that is lost. Uh, what's that? That ache you feel when the storms come, the pain. Oh, yeah, like right now. Indeed, that will be gone once I do what I do. Hmm. You know, I think I could live with that. Indeed, I think I could live with that. Fine. He reached his hand down, and it, for a second, it resembled a long, wicked black blade. I almost cried out, and I almost went for a defensive move when he shook his head as he held his gaze in my eyes. I felt a deep thrust. And there was deep pain that went. And I recalled the wound, the injury, the circumstances around which it happened. For whatever reason, those were not bad memories for me. In fact, even laying there covered in my own blood, they were happy memories. Happy time. Time when I was able, young, full of life. I watched as there was a floating, a fluttering, a, a little bit of a transference, and my leg felt great. No, it didn't feel great. It felt young. It felt as it had years before. He looked up at me, eyes wide, mouth in a sinister grin. Yes, he said to me, you have much. I looked at him. I do. Fine. Take them all. And he did. He worked deathly, quickly. Did it matter how minute the scar was? When he was done, I gazed upon my body and marveled 
I flexed my hands. The muscles in my body felt revived. I looked at him. He was slumped. He looked exhausted. He looked a hundred years older. Are you all right? He nodded. I will be fine. Thank you. We shall leave you now. You sure? Is there something I can do for you? I haven't felt this way in forever. No. You have done enough. We will visit you again, I am sure. Come, Mim. Let us leave. Mim helped him up. They stumbled out. I sat there. I stared at my pistol. Bartender walked over. You all right, man? Yeah. Never felt better. You knew this shit was going to go down, didn't you? Look, man. I got a phone call last night. Told me. Two guys were going to come in. They were going to talk to you. I was not supposed to say anything, bother you. In fact, I was supposed to make sure that nobody would fuck with you guys. Hmm. Was it a woman that called you? Yeah. How'd you know? Husky voice. Yeah. Hmm. Did she pay you? Yeah. Wired over $25,000. Shit. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I don't suppose I'm going to see you again, am I? Oh, I'm pretty sure something's going to get fucked up along the way and I'm going to have to come and have pity parties. So I'm pretty sure I'll be back. But yeah, you probably won't see me for a while. Well, I just want to say, Mel, I like, I like you, man. I hope, uh, I hope everything works out for you. Oh, I'm sure things will be just fine. In fact, I know the minute I walk out that door, it'll be a whole new world again. What makes you say that? Well, now that the guys have left and I'm back to my old self, I can tell you several things that I didn't notice the first time when I walked in here. His eyes glistened a little and he smiled waiting expectantly for example I can smell the fear on you now I didn't before but I can smell it now the guys over in table one there they haven't sipped their drink at all they've just been watching the entire time the three gals back there by the bathroom the one with the pocket purse is too heavy I can see the strap pulling down on her. There's heavy, heavy gun in there. Can't tell you what type, but it's heavy. Also, that guy there at the end over by the edge of the bar. It's too early for him to be drunk. He looks a lot like Fred, but that's not Fred. This has been a setup since the beginning. This a test. He nodded. He smiled. It's good to see you again. Don't remember me, do you? Studied him for a little bit. Son of a bitch. You're his kid? He nodded. Yeah. 
My dad said you were the best. So when they asked me to set this all up, see about getting you back into the shape you were supposed to be, who was I to say no? Hmm. Let me ask you a question, kid. Why are you so scared? Uh, kind of legendary, man. Nobody fucks with you. And in a lot of ways, this is a pretty big mindfuck. I suppose you're right. But you know what? It's too early to call those guys back and blowing your ass away. Well, that would be a bad memory. I liked your dad. He was a good guy. I was really sad when he died. Yeah. Mom always wondered why he never came to the funeral. Look, we respect the dead in our different ways. I can't do that about your dad. I can't go to his grave or anything else. But it's good to see uh, it appears you're following in his footsteps. He smiled. Only from a support point of view. I don't ever go out in the field. Mm. These all your people? Yeah. The girl you talked about? Yeah, she works for me too. Mm. So I suppose if I'm back in the game, I'd be working for you? Something like that. Is that alright with you? I'll tell you what, kid. Pour me another drink. Just one. And you promise me, shit goes sideways again. You bring the boys back. We clear? Oh, they'll be back no matter what. Regardless of whatever I do. They imprinted on you. They will visit you from time to time. The more you got, the more they want. Well then, I lifted the glass, I toasted him, to your dad, kid, to your dad. He poured himself one, toasted, glasses clinked, we both swirled it back, nodded, alright, let's start this shit the right way. One thing, kid, what's that? Whatever fucking intel you have. You better triple check it. If I have a situation that broke me, like I had before, I don't remember what it is, but I know it was bad. If I have a situation like that again, I won't hesitate to have you erased from my memory as well. Understood? That's fair. Alright. So, uh... What we had there was a guy who had been uh, really good at his job and then had a really bad situation popped off and and uh, was kind of being really fucking wallowing in misery. And so they tried to find a way to get him back in the game and they brought his ass in uh, with some stuff. So we have political nerkies, ventriloquists, beanie babies, bloody head, broken heart, honor, darkness. Oh, did I get darkness in there? Yeah, I did get darkness. Yeah. Darkness, uh, deep thrust, Guinness book of world records was a couple of times. Jeff Gordon was in there. And of course, Jack Daniels was prevalent through this entire, entire fucking, uh, show here. So Melvin is a, uh, pretty, pretty gruff, guy um and i think it was very interesting that scar 
and MEM, if you didn't know what MEM was, that was a short for memory, uh, they were kind of parasitic uh, characters that would go and take elements. They would feed on things that people had collected inside. Uh, one was physical scars and one was kind of uh, emotional scars. So these, these entities, these things uh, would do that. Uh, they're almost like the living embodiment of sin eaters, right? So, real interesting uh, setup there. I definitely think uh, Melvin could end up being um, a prevalent character inside of um, uh, Mac Has a Problem series. Uh, and I think that's where I'm going to place him. I think he may be... I don't know if he's going to be on... Um, which side of that equation he's going to be on, but I think that's a fun one. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that one. Um, what we're going to do is we'll keep, we'll keep rocking these stories every Sunday. Uh, I'm going to start trying to find a way to promote this a little bit more so we could try to get some more people in on the show to uh, add more keywords and stuff like that. Uh, you know, this time, you know, if we didn't have Garen, Paula, and Bronx in here uh, doing triple duty, throwing in words, uh, we would have been kind of hosed in this situation. So, anyway, that's that. Uh, if you guys want to support the channel, uh, again, tacticalgeek.com. I got a bunch of cool stuff on there. Uh, the latest project that I'm working on right now is a story called Choices, which you can see on the screen right there. That's the, the newest uh, Noveps episode that I'm working on. I think that's episode uh, six. I think that one's six, episode six, uh, book six um, in the series so far. Um, but I really did enjoy this one, so I'm looking forward to doing more with this. And I, like I said, it's going to be inside of the big novel trilogy set that's coming out with this Mac has a problem and Mac has a bigger problem and Mac is back. So, you know, I already have ideas on what I'm going to be doing on that storyline. It's kind of like a combination of like Six Million Dollar Man meets buckaroo bonsai meets iron fist meets just a bunch of crazy shit i mean um the uh, mac has a problem is it's gonna be fun it's gonna be funny 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 um yeah the uh that would be interesting one too because i do have that story coming out called scars where the guy pre-heals um he gets the scars and those scars heal up to the moment when they happen so i definitely think scar would find him intriguing uh and very interested in hanging out so they could all exist inside of the same universe uh time will tell but that's going to be it for now i appreciate the fuck out of you guys coming and hanging out with me on a sunday uh, really means a lot to me. I look forward to this every week. This is one of the, the few things that I get to do that I plan ahead. Uh, regardless of however I feel, I always, always, always try to get these episodes in because uh, for me it is a way to really flex my mental muscles and try some different shit and uh, gives me uh, good fuel for some of the other stories and stuff that I'm working on. So thank you guys very, very much. That's going to be it for now. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, rocking and rolling and um, yeah that's it that's it for now guys I appreciate you and I will talk to you guys later thanks
Time is t